Please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. My wife, Catherine, and I are people of routine, creatures of habit, and each evening after dinner, and usually after putting our toddler to bed, we turn on the evening news that we've recorded from earlier in the day. Many of you probably do something similar in your own households. Most newscasts start the same way, breaking news on the front end, maybe a a follow-up story that they reported on from the night before. Sometimes there's a story that then follows about health or wellness or maybe some new medicine that has been discovered to treat an illness. And then most newscasts end with something to make the viewer feel good or to laugh, and maybe sometimes they they make us cry. You all know this, this formula, I'm guessing. So every now and again, the newscasters sort of do something different. They shift, and the last story that they report on is, is one that, that really matters. They, they talk about stories, uh, stories about people finding images of God or Jesus or the Virgin Mary on things like potato chips or on things like fish sticks or maybe finding God on a grilled cheese sandwich. Have you all ever seen a story like that? There was a story that came out of Australia a couple of years ago about a, a purported miracle. The face of Jesus appeared on a three-cheese slice of pizza at a local pizza shop. The pizza shop owner was interviewed about the image, and she said this. This is, this is true, by the way. She said, I can definitely say that this isn't a fake. She said that she proved that this was a miracle from God by by putting God to the test. She took the pizza with her in the car as she was running some errands. She said that she parked in a loading zone and that when she came back out to her car later in the day, there was no ticket on her car, a true (laughs) miracle from God. Now, of course, there are always skeptics, there are always doubters, those who just can't believe. One such skeptic was interviewed for this story, and he he told the local news station that when you think about the hundreds of thousands of pizzas that are made every single day, statistically, one of them is bound to vaguely resemble a face. O ye of little faith. I was reminded of all of those encounters with the holy as I started to read the lessons appointed for today. In our, in our Old Testament Scripture lesson, we hear about Moses and his experience with the burning bush, and I always wonder about how Moses' friends and family responded to him when he told them that God spoke to him through a fiery bush. We've heard this story many times. We've learned it in Sunday school. We've seen it in movies. It's, it's probably one of the most well-known stories in all of the Scriptures. But, but before we get to this story that we hear today, it's, it's helpful to back up just a bit and to remember what has, has led to this event. Moses, if you remember, was, was born at a time when the Pharaoh had determined that the Israelites were a menace, a problem for the Egyptians, and he had ordered that all firstborn children should be killed. And so his mother puts Moses into a basket, and then she places that basket into the river. He's later found by Pharaoh's daughter, who takes him into Pharaoh's home and raises Moses as her own. We heard that story last week, last Sunday, here at St. John's Church. 
So Moses grows up in a well-to-do setting, but yet he somehow knew that he was different, and it, it came out the day that he was out observing workers, and he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite. This is what happens immediately for, before our story today. He was, he was furious with what he saw, and so he, he killed the Egyptian, and then he buried him and fled to Midian. Now he's a fugitive. He ends up in the land of the Midianites where he meets Jethro and Jethro's daughter Zipporah, and he then decides to settle down and to start a family. Jethro is a wealthy priest, and he's a shepherd, and Moses is able to enter into the family business, and he too becomes a shepherd. And it's, it's in the midst of what seems to be a life of safety and security away from his former life in Egypt that he hears a voice. The voice, Moses, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, says the voice. Moses, the voice says, I'm going to send you right back into what you've been trying to escape all this time. Moses, while he's out tending his flock, he sees this bush that is on fire but not being consumed, and so he, he decides to investigate, and it's, it's when he does that that he hears the voice of God extending a call to him, and this is, this is what God says. This is what we heard just a few minutes ago. I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come to deliver them from the Egyptians." So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And then Moses and God go back and forth, and it's, it's only after God reveals God's name to Moses, I am who I am, that he decides to go along with God's plan of redemption. This is such a, a wonderful story, and I think that there are a whole lot of things that we can learn for it, but here are, here are three things that I want to highlight for you briefly today. The first thing that we learn from this story is that life is not about our search for God, but it's about God's constant, unending search for each one of us. Let me say that again. Life is not about our search for God, but instead it's about God's constant, unending, unrelenting search for each one of us. For a long time, I was convinced that my life, that our lives are about our search for God. How can I find God? How do I see God in the world? How, how do I draw closer to God? Go into any bookstore and browse the religion section, and you will no doubt find countless books on how to find God. But what if it's the other way around? I like what the Episcopal, Pre- Episcopal preacher Fleming Rutledge says about this. She writes, God is, is not the object of the human religious journey, but but the source and the instigator of his own journey toward us. The Bible is sometimes misguidedly described as the record of man's search for God. On the contrary, she writes, it is the story of God's search for each one of us. This story that we hear today is just one of many examples in the Scripture of God making Himself known. The church has a word for this, and that word is theophany. That is, God appearing, God being made manifest before our very eyes. And for those of us who are Christians, we believe that the the ultimate revelation, the ultimate manifestation of God to God's people happens when Jesus comes into the world. God comes to meet. God comes to live with each one of us. So that leads me to my second point about this story. Moses 
encounters God today in the burning bush, and then Moses' eyes are open to the work that God wants Moses to do. Or to say it another way, God gives Moses a new vocation, a new calling. That's one of the, the interesting paradoxes in the Christian life. God makes himself known to us, and yet God uses us to do his work. God hears our cries for help, and yet God uses humans, you and me, to bring relief. God might be the principal actor in the story for today, but, but Moses is called to be a supporter of God's work in the world. God's redemption of the world happens when we are willing to partner with God to bring about change. And I'm, I'm convinced that the only way that we learn who God is is when we are willing to sign on, to, to say yes when God reveals himself to us. Finally, I think this story from Exodus helps us to answer the question, how do I know when God is calling? How do I know when God is calling? I love the scene from the movie Sister Act. You all remember that movie from the early 90s uh, when the main character, Dolores, she's a, a not very religious person played by Whoopi Goldberg, is posing as a Roman Catholic nun, and she's asked by one of the other nuns this question, when did you get your call? And her response is, what call? And then she recognizes that they're talking about a call from God, and she says, oh, the call, the call. I, I didn't know which call you meant. I get so many calls in my day-to-day -day life. How, how do we recognize God's call to us, a call from God? William Sloan Coffin, the longtime pastor of Riverside Church in New York, says that the call of God is always, always deeply embedded in a cry of pain. He says that that call then is a summons to alleviate that pain by sharing in it and by working to offer deliverance. When God calls Moses, he says to him that he has heard the cries of the Israelites and he is sending Moses to deliver them. Moses is called to be God's agent of liberation and God calls us to be agents of liberation today. Use your gifts, use your talents, your education, your wealth, your passions to help others in this world. Where do we hear God's people crawling, crying out for, for relief and for help, for deliverance in our own day? Go, go there, God says to each one of us today. When we turn on the television and see the images coming out of Houston, lives lost, homes flooded, thousands of people stranded, how might God be coming to us and calling us to respond? St. Paul writes in the letter to the Romans that we heard a few minutes ago that that our work as people of faith is to rejoice in hope, to be patient in suffering, to persevere in prayer. We are to contribute to the needs, to the lives of the saints, to extend hospitality to the strangers. We are to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We are to weep with those who are weeping. This is so important, so relevant in today's day, and it's advice as to how we can offer hope to those who are seeking our help. The story that we hear today in Exodus reminds us that, that God comes to us again and again. God searches us out and calls us, and we've been reminded that God's call is always, always intertwined with the cries of God's people in the world. We're called to see that when others suffer, we suffer too. 
We're called to respond, to act, to be God's agents of liberation in the world. How many times will we hear God call out to us this week? How many bushes, burning bushes, will God have to place in our paths this week? How many times will God have to try to get our attention before we, like, like Moses and like Peter, say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. Amen.